into the arms of Davis. And the superior team all season long was the superior team tonight. And the Kentucky coronation is complete. Champions 2012. Benny Snell needs five yards to break Sonny Collins' career rushing record. They give it to Benny. Straight ahead. Ten. Five. Touchdown. And a rushing record for Benny Snell Jr. of Kentucky. The All Out Kentucky Podcast. Welcome in to the All Out Kentucky Podcast. Your home for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball and football program. I am your host, AJ Bradley, and I am joined, as always, by my brother and co-host, Sam Bradley. This past weekend, we saw the Wildcats lose their second straight conference game, falling to Georgia by a final score of 75-68. to We will dive into the loss and then look forward and preview their next matchup as they stay on the road and head to Starkville to take on Mississippi State. Let's hope these Bulldogs will treat the Cats a little bit better. But we start with the game in Athens, and we'll just rip the Band-Aid right off, folks. That was a must-win in which Kentucky failed and now find themselves on the outside looking in when it comes to the NCAA tournament with just 27 days left until Selection Sunday. It was a night where the Wildcats missed the services of Xavier Wheeler and C.J. Frederick due to their injuries, and it was surely felt when Du Thierro played 16 minutes in the first half while Kaysen Wallace sat on the bench with two fouls. Kentucky fought tough. Though Kentucky fought tough through the game and found a way to only be down one when they paused for the under eight TV timeout. Unfortunately, the Bulldogs pulled away down the stretch as UK continually failed to get stops on defense. Georgia's Cario Quendo got what he wanted in the game, and Kentucky could not defend without fouling, sending the Bulldogs to the free throw line 29 times where they made 25 of those foul shots. Sam, that's what sticks out most in my mind as the biggest contributors to the Wildcats' loss. Do you see things the same way? And also, where the hell do we go from here with only six games left in our conference schedule? And as we sit right now, we are currently out of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean... You said it. Everyone knew that this was a must-win scenario. You're on the road against a Georgia Bulldogs team that finds himself now, uh, you know, five and seven in the conference. AJ, but prior, only four key wins in conference play. They were at fourteen and ten overall. And I know we're down. I know you. You're playing without Wheeler. You're playing without CJ. But it didn't matter, AJ. Unfortunately, at the end of the year the selection committee for the NCAA tournament is not going to look at who the Kentucky Wildcats were missing that day. It's going to show up as a loss, and it's going to be a costly one. As you said, we are now officially on the outside looking in with 27 days remaining in college basketball in the regular season, AJ. So, you know, it, it's it's go time. I, I mean, when you ask some of those probing questions of what did the Kentucky Wildcats do from here, I mean – 
truthfully, there's there's two outcomes I honestly see in which the Kentucky Wildcats make the NCAA tournament at this point, AJ. One of which starts Wednesday night in their first matchup following this losing skid. And that is they win six games straight to finish the year, AJ, against some tough opponents, may I add, a couple of which on the road, which we're about to get to here, AJ. But it's no easy task. You said it a few episodes ago. It would really be an ideal scenario for the Kentucky Wildcats to find themselves in a six-game winning streak. Unfortunately, we spanned together a couple wins, but now we go on a little losing streak. We have exactly six games remaining, AJ, and we have to win them all. The second option in which I mentioned that the Kentucky Wildcats can make the tournament is that they win the SEC tournament, AJ, which the only way, honestly, guys, that we can do that at this point is if we put ourselves in a position that benefits us come the SEC tournament, in which we have to secure the bye, AJ. we, we got to get a top-four seed. So all of these games down the stretch absolutely are critical for the Kentucky's hopes of making the NCAA tournament, AJ. And, I mean, let's be honest. We can recap this year down, down the road. It doesn't matter if you think that me sitting here today, AJ, proclaiming and begging us to make the tournament. It doesn't matter if that's not enough to the standards of which we held for this team and what we thought was going to be accomplished. All of that does not matter at this moment, AJ. All that matters is making the tournament and going from there. We saw some teams last year, like UNC, that were able to make special waves despite the lack and shortcomings that they had during the regular season. At this point, let's put together some good performances, build on one another, and let's hope that we can make the NCAA tournament. But first and foremost, we have to look at this Georgia game so we can take what we did poorly, AJ, and we can move on. I mean, a lot of you are probably sitting there wondering, how did we lose to this Georgia team? I know we were on the road. I know we were missing CJ. I know we were missing Wheeler. But at the end of the day, AJ, we're the better team, and we should have won despite the short roster. I, I I honestly believe that. And really, we did it despite our two best players combining for 40 points, AJ. that That's what's tough. I mean, we'll go through the numbers here, but Oscar Shibway bounces back, and I know he's had a couple of poor performances, but AJ, he finished with 20 points, 14 rebounds, six of which were offensive boards, an assist, zero turnovers, and four blocks. I mean, the guy was doing it on both ends of the floor. He played with high energy. He fought. He was taking on double teams all night long, and he's still able to get the productivity that we so desperately have needed the last couple of games, AJ. And then you got Antonio Reeves getting a start in place of C.J. Frederick being out, and he goes for 20 points, AJ, on four of eight shooting from three-point range. I mean, he was on fire, shooting 50%. Could we have used a couple more down the stretch to maybe secure that W? Yeah, but the guy played 40 minutes, AJ. He played too many minutes, and Calipari was the first person to admit that after the game. I know we had to have him in this dire situation where it was a what felt like a win-or-go-home scenario. But you can't play someone 40 minutes, AJ. You could tell 
it was costly and detrimental to the success of the team down the stretch because he wasn't able to make those shots, which felt uncharacteristic after the performance that he had up to that point, AJ. But he was gassed. He needed to come out of the game, and it's unfortunate that we didn't have the depth to be able to provide him an opportunity to come out of the game. However, we should have had that opportunity. What really cost us, AJ, is some early foul trouble out of Case and Wallace. That needed to be stressed with the utmost importance that Kaysen, you need to defend at an elite level, but you cannot foul. We have no one to backfill you. We've got to do, Tiero, and you know, thank you for giving us 16 minutes, but unfortunately not the most productive minutes. He fought hard. I'll give the kid some credit. I mean, he ripped a rebound that he should have never had. He's barely played this year. What do you expect from him coming in and playing big minutes in a big-time game? I mean, you got as much from him as you could possibly want. I mean, 16 full minutes, AJ records two points. Both of those coming from the charity stripe. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I love what we're going to be able to get out of the Dutiero. But at this moment, we needed more productivity. And it's really unfortunate that Casey Wallace goes over until the end of the game. And it, it really was disrupted by his inability to be in the game early. I mean, AJ, when I tell you that CJ Frederick and... And, uh, sorry, Wheeler were out of the game and did not play and were down to basically three guards that we had to roll with. And I tell you that Casey Wallace only played 28 minutes. That is an exact indicator of the foul trouble that this young man suffered early in this game. Because, I mean, even when we have those other guards, AJ, he's averaging 34-plus minutes a night. We needed him desperately. He finishes with five points, only one turnover. Only one turnover. I'm happy with that, AJ. With how much he had to control the ball and start this offense, I'm very happy with his performance in one turnover. A block, six assists. He was able to distribute and get some of our other players going. I mean, I, I've i seen the news clippings. I've seen what everyone's had to say on Twitter about Casey Wallace's performance. I understand the productivity offensively was not there, AJ, and this was a game where the Kentucky Wildcats – only scored 68 points, so we desperately needed some more firepower out of him. But I actually don't have much to gripe over his game, AJ. I I really don't, despite his offensive struggles. He finished with those six assists, one turnover, and he was a game's best for the Kentucky Wildcats, plus three in his 28 minutes while he was off the floor, those 12 minutes, AJ, minus 10 for the Kentucky Wildcats. We lose 75 to 68. Those were critical minutes that he was off the court. My only resentment or, you know, the only thing I'm upset about is the fact that he caught two early fouls. I mean, it's unfortunate. But here's the thing, y'all. It was not about the Kentucky Wildcats offense when we played the Georgia Bulldogs. We knew that we were lacking some offensive firepower. We knew that we were going to have to have some guys step up. Jacob Toppin finishes 12 points. Would have loved to maybe see him get a few more buckets. But I think his inefficiencies offensively was the fact that he didn't go to the charity stripe, AJ. And when you brought it up, Georgia goes to the free throw line and hits 86% of their free throws while shooting 29 of them. They hit 25. The Kentucky Wildcats only went to the charity stripe for 13 free throws. We knocked down 11. 
I, I mean, we, it's not like we were ineffective there. It's just that they over-doubled our attempts, AJ. They were closer to tripling our attempts from the charity stripe. That shows which team was the more aggressor, which team was getting downhill, and which team was fighting to get points in the paint, which is really something that has become a cause for concern with this Kentucky Wildcats defense as of late, AJ. I mean, I, I it's startling. I'll, I'll get into it when we do the preview of the Mississippi State game. But the last 10 games or so, the Kentucky Wildcats' defensive woes are coming from the looks that we're giving our opponents in the paint. I mean, it, it's really starting to plague this team's ability to win basketball games. But overall, what I'm trying to say is it didn't come down to our offense, AJ. It came down to our inability to get stops defensively. And when we were getting stops, it wasn't stops. It was us sending them to the line. It's it's frustrating. It was a must-win scenario. But now at this point, AJ, it truly is. It truly is. We've been saying it for a little while now. It's win or go home. Because if you lose any of these next six games, most likely the only scenario is the latter of the two that I just explained to y'all. And that's you go out and you either win the SEC tournament, AJ, or you find yourself in the SEC tournament championship game. Because honestly, let's be honest, y'all, most of the time the selection committee has already made their selections prior to tournament championship rounds. So we've seen it play out before, AJ, let's be honest. We've been in that game, we've lost, and it hasn't moved us. So we've got to find ourselves in that game most likely, to get us a chance to get back into the NCAA tournament. But, look, we have things that we continue to build on, like Oscar Sheepway's performance. And I think we can continue to give him more optimal positions on the basketball court to catch the basketball for him to be even more dominant. We can fix that going forward. Antonio Reeves, this guy's an absolute microwave, A.J., He's our best scorer by far. We got to find ways to continue to get him the ball and not let him get blanketed by some of these defenses that we've seen in previous games. He's got to be in the starting lineup at this point, in my honest opinion, AJ. Despite if CJ Frederick's healthy or not, I know he's dealing with a cracked rib. He's day-to-day. It sounds like it's he gets to go whenever his pain tolerance is tolerable. So here's my thing. Bring him off the bench. I understand our concerns with Antonio Reeves defensively. He's got to lock in these next six games, AJ, and then beyond that. But these next six games, if he's going to get some advanced minutes and be in our starting rotation, I'm pleading for him to lock in defensively. No more back cuts. We've got to communicate as a team. And I know it's not just him. It's a team defensive effort that we really have to fix. But we can kind of get into that as – we preview the Mississippi State game. But for you, AJ, did it ever feel to you like the Kentucky Wildcats were going to win this game? Because let's be honest, despite the first half being poor, the Kentucky Wildcats erased a 10-point deficit after the halftime. They find themselves with a 52-48 to lead with 11.54 to go. After that mark, AJ, just under the 12-minute timeout, the Kentucky Wildcats score six points over the next 10 minutes and scored 10 points in the final one minute and 28 seconds. It was too little too late. So my question, did you ever feel confident in the Kentucky Wildcats that they were going to walk away 
with a victory out of Athens. I did at one point, but it faded very fast, Sam. Um, You know, I was very outspoken about the fact that I thought we needed to go in there and jump on them early. I didn't think this is a game where we could find ourselves down on the road playing from behind where our mistakes are magnified and the margin for error becomes smaller and smaller. And that was before I knew we wouldn't have Xavier Wheeler or CJ Frederick. And so being shorthanded and then finding yourself down, I'm not going to say I thought it was over, but I, you know, okay, here we go. And we fought hard to come back in the game. And like you said, we, we were there and, you know, despite our inefficiencies on offense um, there in the second half, you know, like I said in the opening before the TV time or after the TV t- timeout at, under the eight minute mark, we're down by one point. And so it's anybody's game and you really just need to be able to make a few key plays down the stretch. And that's what's most disappointing about this loss is despite the poor play at times, despite not having your full complement of of players, despite Case and Wallace going down with two fouls and never getting into the groove of the game, despite letting them go to the foul line a bunch of times and and we still had a chance, yet we just fell apart down the stretch and, and executed just so poorly. And you brought it up, Sam. Most of it's on the defensive side of the ball, and that's really been our Achilles heel all season. Um, Beginning of the season when we were playing teams that maybe weren't so good, our efficiency was through the roof with defense. Um, I think more so that was a lot to do with the fact that we were just destroying teams and we're getting up so much it's kind of hard for them to continue to fight hard on offense all night long when you're getting beat by 40, 50 points. But, you know, we had a reality check there. We, we start to fall. We picked our defense up there a little bit. And then, Sam, a conversation that me and you had there in the middle point of the season is when our defensive efficiency went from fringe top 25 to bottom to, like, outside the top 100. And then we clawed our way all the way back up into the mid-60s um, and even into the fifties. And that's when we saw some success with this basketball team. We go on the road and beat a Tennessee team. And we started to kind of see who this team could become. And then yet in the biggest moments of our biggest games, we can't seem to find a way to get a defensive stop, um, against anybody really in our conference right now. So it's, it's, it's concerning. It's disappointing. Um, and they're going to have to figure out a way to get stops on defense because that was just – it was bad down the stretch. I mean, you got outplayed by a team that you're much better than in the crucial time of the game. So that's, you know, like we were there. I thought we could have a chance to win it. But I'd say by the five-minute mark, that couple minutes right there under the TV timeout – you knew it was over after that. I mean, we're fouling and and doing all sorts of crazy stuff at the end of the game. Sure, you can make it a little bit closer, but you just knew it was it, it's over at that point. So, and Sam, just to highlight these defensive woes that are plaguing us. I mean, you think about it, Sam. We completely dominated them on the rebounding battle. 
in this game. We completely dominated them on the offensive boards as well. Um, we don't lose the turnover battle in this game. We have five blocks as a team compared to their two. We had 17 assists as a team. We don't shoot a very poor percentage from three, two, or the free throw line necessarily, and yet we still walk away. I mean, realistically, it's a, it, to me, this is like a 10-point double-digit loss. That's what it was when you get outplayed like that down the stretch and you hit some free throws to keep it a little bit closer, but... I mean, you do all those things well, Sam, that should contribute to winning, and they don't, then you ha- there has to be something else going on, and it's the defense. It's the fact that we cannot get stops on teams at times where we need them. And then the last thing I will say about this game, Sam, for anybody out there who thinks or has thought at any time that severe Wheeler is not an important part of our basketball team. Um, You better check yourself because his absence was so apparent in this game against Georgia. And Sam, that's a game against his former team on the road where he could have given us some really, really big minutes and really contributed in, in changing the pace of this game yeah, and just switching absolutely. things up when things weren't going well. And so we need him. We we 1,000% need him, yep. and we're not going to go far without him because the guard play, if, if CJ's going to be iffy the rest of the year as far as health, and we can't rely on a Duthiero to be playing big minutes in, in big games. So without severe Wheeler, Sam – you're looking at a very thin backcourt of the Kentucky Wildcats going forward. So his health is of of the utmost importance um, in helping this team. But, um, yeah, man, yep. it's a disappointing loss. It was amazing to see Reeves play so well. Unfortunate that he just kind of, you know, he went cold at the end of the game, and you outlined it. It's, it's due to the fact that he was just gassed at the end of the game, and he's leaving his shots just a little bit short and – you know, it is what it is, but now we have put ourselves in a a very vulnerable position where, like you said, Sam, I mean, there is no more margin for error. You cannot lose the rest of the season. Um, or the only thing you have the capability of doing is winning the SEC tournament to get in. So, I mean, we have six games left, Sam. You have to win five of them at least five of them, if not all six, to even give yourself a chance. So it's Well, yeah, I mean, when we look at the SEC standings, AJ, you got Alabama atop the SEC alone. Yeah, they're they're in first place. No one's catching them. They're for sure locking up first place. Then you got Texas A and M sitting in second place, AJ, at ten and two, which obviously the Kentucky Wildcats have one of those two wins against them. Yep. Then you've got Tennessee at 8-4, and four, AJ, and they've got a c- tough couple of games. Mind you, obviously, one of those is the Kentucky Wildcats at Rupp Arena. Yep. They're also taking on Alabama this week, AJ. Then you have Missouri sitting at 7-5, and five, Auburn at 7-5, and, and Kentucky at 7-5. and five. So when I tell you guys earlier that the Kentucky Wildcats need to lock in a top-four position in the SEC come the end of the season, yeah, I mean, you might be able to afford one loss in there an effort to do so, 
but every game is so it's critical. So AJ. critical it's right so now. So critical it is. because the last thing we need to do, y'all, is think about what other teams in the SEC are doing at this point. It's just it, it could us. not matter less, AJ, because when we saw what transpired on Saturday, you know, we lost, and every team that needed to win got a win, and we we can't rely on anyone else's performance from here on out. We got to lock in mentally and think of it's Kentucky versus everybody. We've got six games to really show what this team is capable of. Let's pray that we can get healthy and we can really try to do something special because I'm telling you one thing, AJ, there's no one left. There's no one left that believes in the Kentucky Wildcats outside of maybe a very select few in me, you, and some of the diehard fans in Blue Nation. So so why not? You know, why not us, AJ? That That's my honest plea. Why not us? Let's put it together a couple of games. Thankfully, some of our big matchups coming up, AJ, are we find ourselves at home. I know we've got Mississippi State on Wednesday on the road, AJ, but then we've got number 10 Tennessee coming into our barn where we're going to be trying to continue to fight for our season and really sweep Tennessee in a 2-0 stance. And then we've got Florida on the road. Okay, that's going to be a test. Absolutely. But it's a team that we can beat because we've already beat them, AJ. And then we thankfully we have Auburn at home because I would not want to go into Auburn, AJ. I watched that Auburn-Alabama game, and that home crowd was phenomenal. One of the best atmospheres I've seen this season. Then we take on Vandy at home, and then we close out the year trying to get revenge against Arkansas on the road. That's our path, guys. That's our path. Thankfully, we catch a couple of those at home, but that's our path. One game at a time, and it all starts with this matchup on Wednesday against Mississippi State. Absolutely, Sam. You're right. So let's turn our attention to that game down in Stark Vegas as the Kentucky Wildcats face off with the Mississippi State Bulldogs this Wednesday evening. The Bulldogs will look to continue their hot streak as they are currently on a five-game SEC win streak, including a win on the road at Bud Walton Arena over the Arkansas Razorbacks this past Saturday. They'll definitely be smelling blood in the water as they have a chance to bury Kentucky and put themselves in a position to make a run at the tournament. Mississippi State has built their identity on defense this season, as right now they are currently sitting with the fourth highest defensive efficiency metrics in the entire country. They thrive on causing turnovers and forcing teams into tough, contested jump shots. Sound familiar, anybody? Yup, they are an elite defensively, as many teams are in our conference. State can struggle to score on offense, and we have outlined Kentucky's difficulties defending. So Sam, to me, this is the most important matchup in this game. How can the Kentucky Wildcats defend at a high enough level to get enough stops to win this game? I'm asking you, Sam, how do the Wildcats get enough stops in this game when you're playing such an elite defensive team They're going to get their stops at times. We know we can score enough points to beat teams. We have to be better on the defensive side. Yeah. No, yeah, you're you're absolutely correct. I mean, when we look at 
the comparison numbers of some of these efficiencies. I'm glad you brought it up first because Kentucky's net adjusted defense, AJ, is 87th in the country. Mississippi State's is fourth in the country, AJ. When we look at their net adjusted offense, however, 175th. Ours, 22nd. Okay, so this really is a matchup made for the Kentucky Wildcats to make stops, okay? Because, look, their defense, number four in the country, going to come up against the number two, 22 best offense in the country. But our defense going up, up against their offense, that's the glaring discrepancy, AJ. I know we're just inside the top 100 at 87, but their offense at 175, we, that's where we've got to hone in. I mean, this is a team, AJ, in Mississippi State that really struggled out the gate an SEC play. Okay, let's be honest. I mean, they're currently sitting at 5-7 and seven in conference play. They lost, they lost seven of their first eight SEC games, AJ. They went one for seven, but now of which they've won four straight in SEC play, five straight games in total, one of which was during the Big 12 SEC Challenge. During that win streak, AJ, they've racked up two quad one wins. That's more than Kentucky has all season. They have one quad two win. So I'm just trying to give some texture here as far as this is a team that when you look on paper, you might say, eh, no, they have figured it out. And you know why they figured it out, AJ? They rely on their defense. Because this is a team in Mississippi State that's averaging a mere, what, 62 points a game? But they're holding their teams to under 60 points a game, AJ, 58 points a game. That's wildly impressive to hold your opponents to that ineffective scoring. 58 points per game on 38% shooting. This is a defensive team that will stifle you, will be up in your business, use your length to impact your shots, and they will make you settle for exactly what you said, tough twos. But I don't want to necessarily focus on our offense yet, AJ. I am way more concerned about our defensive presence against this team that really struggles to find themselves in an offensive rhythm at times. I mean, they're, they're merely averaging just over 60 points a game, AJ. They're winning games with their defense. So let's, little, let's know a little more about our, our team that we're going up against in Mississippi State, AJ. They're led by a senior in Tolu Smith, okay? He is one, though, of eight players that averages over 22 minutes a game, AJ. They've got eight players that average between 22 and 26 minutes a game. Eight players. So they have not, by any means, shortened the bench. They are a team that relies on every single player. It's like a so, hockey lineup out there. It, they just literally, they just rotate them in and they stay fresh, man. It's insane. Exactly. So that is going to be an absolute critical challenge for the Kentucky Wildcats defensively to have the energy up and down the court to be able to be effective defensively because we cannot let them dominate us when we're playing defense. We can't. We're going to have to hope that we're a little more healthy, AJ, and that we have a little more depth. But regardless, you're going to most likely see a few more players like Adutiero, like Lance Ware, like Damian Collins, get some minutes during this game, AJ, so we can keep some of our starters fresh. We need those minutes to be critical. The rest of these guys, AJ, I mean, Tulu Smith, I mean, he's 6'11", he's 245 pounds, so he's got length. 
So defensively, we really need to alter his shot. He's averaging just around 15 points a game, 9, 10-ish rebounds a game, and that's all at home, AJ. He's a senior from Mississippi. He, he is literally the heartbeat of this team. And this team, AJ, when I say all those eight guys that average over 20 minutes a game, let's see, they have, of those eight, six seniors, two juniors, AJ. This is a experienced team that has come together defensively to win them basketball games. And all while doing so, AJ, they shoot a remarkably terrible three-point percentage and field goal percentage. They shoot 42% on the from the field, AJ. 28%, 28% from three. And 62% from the charity stripe. They, they can't shoot. So when you ask me, what do the Kentucky Wildcats need to do? And then I list off their best player in Tulu Smith, and they've, they've got another guy in DJ Jeffries at 6'7", 225 pounds, who's averaging 9.6 rebounds. you got to find a way to clog the paint, AJ. And when you're, set, when you're getting set on ball screams, you have to know the scouting report, and you have to go under the ball screams and communicate if you're going to switch or not. I don't care what you do. I don't care what... John Calipari and his staff decides to do, we are not going over screens. The only player in which that we might need to go over screens is Deshaun Davis, AJ, 6'2 guard. He's a senior, and, yeah, he's shooting 40% from the behind the arc. That's the only guy. That's the only guy, AJ. He's the only guy on the team that's shooting over 35% beyond the arc. So, okay, read the scouting report. Deshaun Davis, 6'2 senior. Maybe we go over the screens on those and we fight hard to get through the screen. Everyone else, AJ, I implore to go under the ski screens and know your scouting report. We need to find a way to clog the lanes, not let Tulu Smith eat up the boards, because let's be honest, AJ, when I tell you this is a Mississippi State team that only averages 62 points a game, they know they're going to miss a lot of shots. So what do they do well? They crash the boards as best as anyone I've seen in the entire NCAA Here's the thing, AJ, in all of college basketball and within the SEC, they are the second best offensive rebounding team. You know why? They know they're going to miss their shots. So go fight for the boards. This cannot fall on the broad shoulders of Oscar Sheepway to pull all the weight rebounding. This has to be a Kentucky Wildcats team collective effort. I do not want to see guards unengaged when they're out on the wings when a shot goes up. Get your tails in the paint, box someone out, help someone that's already boxing someone out, and make sure you secure the rebound. This is not going to be a up and down 80-point game that we're just trying to battle and trade baskets. This is going to be a grinded-out fest. Can the Kentucky Wildcats fight and come to the challenge and be prepared to rebound the basketball? Because... I'm telling you, we are going to find ourselves in a difficult predicament if we get out-rebounded, especially if they out-rebound us in the offensive boards category. I've got a couple keys to victory. I've already kind of hinted at one of them, AJ. I've got two. It's super simple this week. Let's keep it super simple. Two. Usually I've got like three to five. First of which, defend from the interior out at an elite level. And you can do so, AJ, without the absolute fear of sending them to the charity stripe. They shoot 62% from the, 
from the charity line as a team. So defend hard. Don't put yourself in unopportune positions where you're in foul trouble early, AJ. But also, don't be afraid to make them earn it, okay? So push them from the interior out. Make them settle for long twos and three-point shots because clearly they are not a team that has been able to prove that they can do it. I'd rather settle early to show, hey, maybe they're just remarkably hitting every shot from deep tonight. Okay, we'll make our adjustments, but make them prove that, AJ. Defend from the interior out. One thing that I hinted at earlier, AJ, was the Kentucky's defense, specifically in the paint. The points in the paint is something we have to talk about. I dove through the analytics myself, AJ. So I looked at more specifically the last six or so games because that's realistically the big stretch that we've been trying to push. But also, I stretched it out to the last 10 games. The Kentucky Wildcats are averaging, giving up over 32 points a game in those stretches directly in the paint in the last 10 games, AJ. It's miserable. It's miserable. And some of those numbers, AJ, were into the 40s. Some of them were a little better, but collectively we did not have a game where it was under 30. It's... That when we talk, when me and AJ talk about there's got to be somewhere that we are not paying attention to defensively, it's that AJ. It's our inability to defend the paint. We have to make it more difficult for these teams to get easy touches around the rim. And it all starts against this Mississippi State team that literally AJ lives in the paint because they can't hit a shot from anywhere else on the floor. They shoot 28% from three. Make them earn it from deep, AJ. I want us to clog the lanes. I want us to clog the lanes. Utilize Damian Collins and his length. Utilize Oscar Sheway and that big body to go up against Toulouse Smith. And we need our guards, like I said, to crash in. The second key to victory, AJ, I already kind of hinted on, is rebound the ball like it's a wad of $10,000 coming off the glass, AJ. Because I, I'm telling you, you, you laugh. I'm telling you, if it was a wad of $10,000, Oscar Shibway would be a rich man, but at the same time, the rest of the Kentucky Wildcats would be fighting a lot harder for those rebounds, AJ. They'd be fighting a lot harder. I don't care what you have to picture. I don't care. I don't care if it's a beautiful pie. I don't care if it's $10,000 cash. Whatever's going to motivate you, picture it and go get the freaking rebounds because that is such a critical piece. Such a critical piece. They average, AJ, 11.8 offensive rebounds a game. Like I said, is the second best in SEC play. Outside of SEC play, they're averaging over 12 offensive boards a game. The next thing that I wanted to touch on, AJ, that kind of might give you guys a little bit of hope is the Kentucky Wildcats actually are only averaging in that same 10-game span of points in the paint where we're averaging over 32-plus points given up in the paint a game. We're only averaging eight points given up on second chance opportunities. That is actually startling considering how many touches we're giving up in the paint. We are consistently winning that margin in the last 10 game stretch. So I'm challenging us. We have to do that again, AJ. We have to do it. There's been some variables here and there where Ole Miss, we gave up 15 offensive or second chance points. 
South Carolina, that was a game we lost. We gave up 21, AJ. These are key indicators as to why we're losing basketball games. Those are my two keys, AJ. Defend from the interior out. Protect the paint. And rebound the ball like your life depended on it. I'm not so necessarily caught up in the X's and O's of our offensive rhythm going forward. I understand they're the fourth best offensive team in the nation. However, if you can't get stops, you're not going to have to worry about that because you're darn sure not going to be able to get enough offensive power in this game. It starts with defense. It starts with rebounds. And all great defense leads to better offense, AJ. And that's where we need to get out and run because – our ability to be able to win the fast break points margin is critical, AJ. When you're going up against a great defensive team, the best thing you can do for your offensive rhythm is find early and often baskets. Let's get out. Let's run. Let's try to get set and do our sets a lot earlier into the shot clock like we've been doing so, and we can work through our offensive rhythm from there, AJ. But that's that's – about all I can offer to you guys, what do you have to offer to these listeners, AJ, that the Kentucky Wildcats must do to win a, a absolute must-win game? Yeah, I mean, people might be kind of disappointed in this answer, but not much more because that is – that's that's it right there, Sam. I mean, you outlined that very beautifully. And, um, you know, me and you always find a way to, to – to get on the same page even without talking much at times when we get busy but uh honestly you kind of took what i was going to say word for word away from me um that is what this game is about it's defense and rebounding and it's it's getting back to the basics i mean (laughs) it's kind of funny but a team that doesn't do anything really well on offense in Mississippi State, and we're sitting here saying that the key to the game is being able to stop them. And that's what Sam just outlined, is the crazy amount of points we're giving up in the paint right now. And it's insane to see that you're not giving up many second-chance points. You're just giving them up. Like, they're just getting good looks in the paint. Exactly, because they're good looks. They're either... Guards breaking us down off the dribble and getting layups, or they're getting strong post position with their with their big men, and they're taking advantage of the size that they have because of the fact that Oscar Shibway is a smaller defender. Is he physical? Yes, but he's short compared to some of these other guys. So the only thing I'm going to offer outside of what Sam said, and this is just to kind of add on, I mean, I think a huge part of this game is the matchup with Tolu Smith. I mean, 6'11", 245 he's an animal okay and he averages 15 points a game over eight rebounds a game i mean sam we've had issues in the past with bigger centers and forwards on the other team so personally like every time he touches the ball double team him you double and triple team this guy every time because you outlined it they have one good three-point shooter in davis Whoever's guarding him, you tell them, you don't ever leave him. Don't ever leave him. I don't care what's going on. If the other guy gets beat, he gets beat. Do not come off your man. And then every time the big guy touches it down low, you swarm. You absolutely swarm the guy. And you make him try to beat you. Their number one thing on offense 
is grabbing offensive rebounds. We've done a really good job of eliminating that from people's game, but we we have to keep it at bay because that's how they will start to stack points throughout this game. And then, Sam, the only other thing I'll touch on outside of what you said is the turnover battle because this is a team that turns people over at an extremely high rate. I mean, I'm talking like almost on 25% of their offensive possessions. Steals, deflections, blocks, offensive fouls. I mean, they're just a solid defensive team. And so that's also how they can get offense is by creating the fast break opportunities where they have the athletes to go out there and put the ball in the bucket. So you have to limit the turnovers and then you have to rebound as a team. Team rebounding, number one goal in this game is to team rebound. If you can do that, and you can buckle up defensively, you're going to have a chance to win this game. Can we do it? The jury's still out, my friend, but that's about all I can offer you guys at this point in time. There's only one more order of business, Sam, that we have to get to, and you all know what time it is. It's the Monday night edition, the AOK College Basketball Picks for the week, Sam. Why don't you get everyone updated on what's going on in the standings, and then we'll get to our picks for this week, my friend. Yes, so, I mean, if you guys are not listening or checking us out on Twitter, at this point, you're missing out on free money that AJ's trying to give y'all because this guy is on an absolute heater. I tweeted it out earlier via via Twitter from the AOK podcast twitter account so make sure that you're following us following aj following me because i'm not kidding this guy's almost printing money y'all he is on an absolute heater last week he went four four for four this week he goes again four for four picking up some critical points to extend his lead he grabbed creighton versus yukon creighton was favored by four they cover they grab he grabs baylor on the road against TCU as a one-and-a-half-point dog, gets the outright W, grabs Virginia versus Duke as a six-point favor. They cover easily and win by nine, H.A. Then you have UCLA on the road against Oregon, and they cover as they were favored by two-and-a-half. Heck of a week. Back-to-back, that's eight in a row. And the week before that, A.J., you were two for four. So, I mean, you are literally – on a heater so make sure that you guys are tuning in and trying to get on on some of aj's action i myself aj i'm trying to catch up to you you now move to 17 for 28 with a whopping 51 points aj heck of an effort from you i myself did everything i could again this week i go three for four which is very respectable i grabbed indiana Versus Rutgers, Indiana covered the four-and-a-half-point favorite spread at home. I missed on the obvious Kentucky versus Arkansas. I then bounced back with Kansas's road victory against Oklahoma as they were favored by three-and-a-half points, AJ. They blew the brakes off of them. And then I finished up the week with a nice one with Alabama at Auburn. They're favored by two and a half, and they get the road victory, AJ. That moves me to 12 for 28 with 36 points. So I am still 15 points back on the big brother. So 
I will not let you get comfortable. I've put together two good weeks. I just can't account for the fact that you're going four for four and back-to-back weeks, AJ. So I'm serious. Tune in, y'all. Try to get on some of this action. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Sam, we're, we're, we're in a groove right now. Been watching a ton of college basketball, as I always do. And, um, you know, it pays to watch. That's all I'll say. It pays to watch these games. You start to get a feel for some of these teams, um, understanding who plays better on the road and who plays a lot better at home, um, kind of analyzing teams' previous games and seeing how they've been playing up up to certain points and, and things of that nature and, and rivalries and, and all those sorts of things. So, um, you know, for picking the games at the beginning of the week and not really knowing the spread on a lot of them, uh, still hitting the spreads um, at over, you know, over a 55% rate. And I mean, I'm picking games at a 60% rate right now. So on the season, which, you know, any professional gambler will tell you that that's, that's money making. So, um, you know, we'll try to keep it up. I'm going to try to get a little, uh, I'm going to get a little crazy down the stretch. I'm going to try to take some, some dogs and some things like that and have some fun with it. And, uh, but we're doing well this, this, this year, Sam. And, you know, you had a couple just a couple tough stretches there, uh, two weeks really of the season where you struggled, and outside of that, you've been you've been cash money as well. So, um, you well, never know what can happen. Just just keep plugging away, and you, you never know. I could I could fall my fall into a tailspin, and uh, you're right back there. So, absolutely, don't get too comfortable. But with that being said, AJ, kick us off with this yep. week's edition of your first two picks as we move into week nine of the AOK Kentucky Pick'em Challenge. All right, Sam, let's go. Well, I'm going back to the well, and I'm I'm going to ride this team until the wheels fall off, and that's that's Creighton. They're traveling on the road at Providence tomorrow night on Tuesday. Uh, Providence is a top 25 team. They've played well all season. Um, listen, Creighton, uh, I've been paying close attention to all season, Sam. I watched them at the beginning. I read a lot about them in the offseason season. They're supposed to be this kind of under the radar top five, ten team that could potentially make a run. That's kind of the way that things were were being pictured before the season. And they they come out, they play really hot, and then honestly, their big man, their seven footer, their their go to guy, Kalkbrenner, goes down with um, yep. some illness. He misses about five six games. They struggle mightily since he's come back, Sam. This team looks as good as anybody in the country. They they can defend at a high level. They can score at a high level. They have a seven foot monster roaming the paint who plays offense and defense. And then outside of that, they can just shoot the lights out of the gym. And so you're starting to see that confidence build in this team. I think this is a game where they can go on the road and and get a big win over Providence and kind of prove to everybody that hey, listen, we are the best team in the Big East, and you're going to have to go through us. We're better than UConn. We're better than Xavier. We're better than Providence. All of those sorts of things. So I think Creighton goes on the road Tuesday night, gets that dub. And then we'll stay in the Big East, Sam. There's another big-time matchup on Wednesday night where the Xavier Musketeers traveling on the road to play the Marquette Golden Eagles. I'm going to take Marquette in this one. I like them at home on Wednesday night. That place tends to get absolutely rocking. I mean... Marquette can flat out score the basketball and they tend to score the basketball at an elite level when they're at home. Xavier 
has played well on the road at times. That was more so at the beginning of the stretch of the conference slate. They've fallen off a little bit, but to be expected when you travel on the road and have to play top 25 teams. Just think this is a a spot where I like Marquette to put up a lot of points and find their way to a victory. So those are my first two, Sam, a couple of weekday games, switching it up after last week. I took all the weekend games. So I'll take two weekday games and we're taking one home team, one away team. And uh, why don't you fire away? Give us your first two picks, my friend. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm in agreement with you with that Creighton pick, AJ. I, I'm pretty high on this team at this moment in the season. They were a team that jumped off the page of me earlier this season. And for a lot of others, uh, you know, they were some high expectations, potentially being a Final Four team. Uh, unfortunately, like you said, d- deal with some adversity earlier in the season. They kind of stumble and fall. It's been a little of a roller coaster ride, but I, I think they're back to their prominence. And I really do think that they are going to be an extremely tough team. Baylor Shireman, a, a name that I had to mention to AJ, he has really stepped into the the kind of leadership position that they needed on this Creighton team, especially with some of the absences that they've had throughout the year, AJ. And this is a kid that put up 19 last time they played Providence. So fully expect another good performance for them. So I do like that pick for you, AJ. I myself, I got to go back to the well as well. So here we go. I'm taking the University of Kentucky against Mississippi State, AJ, on the road. A huge must-win opportunity for the Wildcats. Our backs are up against the wall. We find ourselves with a 3-3 and road record, AJ. We desperately need every win. But I was listening to Lombardi talk about his NCAA bracket the other day, and he has a lot of prominence on road victories within conference play. Me and AJ talk about it all the time, but it's extremely important to hold serve. And it's even better when you break it and it's your team. I want Kentucky on the road against Mississippi State. Most likely, AJ, I have not seen the official line, but I do know ESPN is favoriting Mississippi State over the Kentucky Wildcats, so most likely they will be a road dog. Next one, I will stay within the SEC, AJ, and I'm going to go to the hottest team in college basketball as they find themselves going on the road and taking on Tennessee. That's right. I'm taking the Alabama Crimson Tide on the road against the Tennessee Volunteers. It's going to be an absolute bout, AJ. I know this is one of the best offensive teams on one hand going up against one of the best defensive teams in the other. But here's the thing, AJ. I've watched a lot of Tennessee lately, and they are really struggling to find an identity identity offensively. I don't think that they are going to be able to stretch together enough stops to keep up with this Alabama firepower that they have offensively. I'm taking Bama on the road to really stretch out their dominance within SEC play. Yeah, Sam, as much as it pains me, you just got to absolutely love what the Alabama Crimson Tide are doing right now. I mean, it's it's well-deserved that they are now the number one team in the country. I think they've shown that they have the highest level of offense combined with defense of any team in the entire country. Um, combine that with Brandon Miller, who is starting to look more and more like a, bad man. a younger version of Kevin Durant. Uh, every single night he plays with the, with, Truly. The, with the length, the shooting, he can just, he can do it all on the court and you cannot teach that size. So 
Sam, I think at this point, Tennessee has got to be a, a, a must fade team, um, with their struggles offensively. I mean, this has been their knock now for quite some time and you're almost seeing the writing on the wall where they run into a team in the NCAA tournament who can put up some points and, they go cold for a half and bye-bye Tennessee. So they're going to have to figure some things out down here in the stretch. They are now in a really critical time of their season. Um, does not help for them to have to play Alabama and then have to travel on the road to take on the Kentucky Wildcats. And that's where I'm going to go, Sam, with my third pick. I will hop on the bandwagon as well. I think Kentucky finds a way to scrap together two much-needed wins this week. I'm going to take the Kentucky Wildcats on Saturday at home against the Tennessee Volunteers. You know, that's that's the game that really got us kick-started, Sam, if we go back a few weeks. And we've fallen off since then, and we haven't been able to sustain it. But we have two huge opportunities in front of us this week, and I think that the Kentucky Wildcats will be motivated to come home after being gone for a week and to get a rival in Tennessee on our own home court into stay perfect against them this season, and to be able to come back from a home loss the last time that we were on our court when we played the Arkansas Razorbacks. So I like Kentucky on Saturday. And then the second game I'm going to take, Sam, is out in the Big 12 on Saturday as well. We have the Iowa State Cyclones traveling on the road to Kansas State. I like Kansas State in this game. I've been watching Iowa State play lately. They, to me, have have peaked and they've kind of hit a ceiling and they're starting to struggle a little bit. Um, they're not getting as many defensive stops as they once were throughout the course of the season and their offense has has found ways to to struggle on nights. It's going to be a rowdy environment at Kansas State this Saturday, I just don't see any way in which the Cyclones find a way to win this game. So give me the Kansas State Wildcats. I'll take both the Wildcats on Saturday. Sam, why don't you give us your last two picks, and then we'll wrap up and get out of here. Yeah, so I'm going to stay in the middle of the week and actually be the the prelude to the game that you just highlighted. But Iowa State finds themselves at home against a really tough Big 12 opponent in TCU, AJ. I mean, um, I hate to do it to them, but I, I, I'm seeing it the same way you are. Maybe I'm the one that misses on this opportunity as they find themselves at home, but I'm actually going to take TCU on the road against Iowa State. I just absolutely love the guard play that TCU has, AJ. I mean, Mike Miles Jr. is for real. And last time he found himself up against Iowa State at home, he went for 19. Damian Bow also went for 17 that night, AJ. I mean, they are an elite duo in the backcourt, and I absolutely love what they're able to do. I think it's going to be just a little too much to overcome. Iowa State, like you kind of hinted at, AJ, has found themselves as of late struggling to stretch together stops within Big 12 play. I'm taking TCU on the road, and maybe that shakes out to be a tough week for, T- or, I mean, for Iowa State within Big 12 play, AJ, if all things happen that we see it be. My last game, AJ, actually finally comes from the Saturday slate. I know that this is kind of a weird week where I'm hovering towards the the Wednesday slate, but that's just how the cookie crumbles. My last game, AJ, I'm sticking with the team that I've rode with the last couple of weeks, 
and that's the Indiana Hoosiers, AJ. I know us Kentucky Wildcats maybe hate to hear it, but Trace Jackson Davis is easily one of the best big men in all of college basketball, AJ. He has been on a dominance in the last couple of games, and I'm absolutely loving them as they are at home against the Illinois fighting Illini, AJ. I just think that his dominance down low, I think that atmosphere at home is just a little too much to overcome. I mean, you saw that atmosphere when they took on Purdue at home, AJ, and since then they have continued the prevalence. I really like their chances to continue to find must-wins within the Big Ten as they come down the stretch here and fight for positioning to go into the Big Ten tournament. So... Those are my picks, AJ. Let's see how this one shakes out. Let's hope that I can maybe claw my way back and make this one interesting down the last couple of weeks here of play before the tournament. Yes, and most importantly, let's hope that the Kentucky Wildcats can pick up their play, claw their way to a couple of much-needed victories, I think. Sam, when when we reconvene at this time next week, we could be having a much different conversation of how we play ourselves into this tournament, but it all starts Wednesday night down in Starkville against one of the best defensive teams in the entire country. Safe to say the Wildcats are going to need to bring their lunch pail and their hard hat and get to work on Wednesday night. Sam... Again, as always, appreciate your time tonight, breaking everything down, having a little fun with me. Appreciate everybody out there who is listening and supporting the podcast. Have a good night, and go Cats. See y'all. There's only one thing left to say. Oh, C-A-T-S, Cats, Cats, Cats.